Welcome to the Judge John Hodgman Podcast. I'm bailiff Jesse Thorne. This week, a trial of two cities. Christine brings the case against her cousin Laura. Christine lives in Philadelphia. Laura lives in Raleigh. Christine says the two cities aren't comparable, and Philadelphia is clearly the superior city. Laura disagrees. Who's right? Who's wrong? Only one man can decide. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman enters the courtroom. Though she envies not others, their merited glory, say whose name stands the foremost in liberty's story, though too true to herself ere to crouch to oppression, who can yield to just rule a more loyal submission? Do 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 da da do 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 da 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 swear them in. Please rise and raise your right hands. Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God, or whatever? I do. I do. Do you swear to abide by Judge John Hodgman's ruling, despite the fact that in the America's Most Livable City competition, he voted for the undersea city of Atlantis? Yes. I do, yes. Very well, Judge Hodgman. It, it is technically an American city. I will stand by that. I've done the research. I can show you my PowerPoint. Christine and Laura, you may be seated for an immediate summary judgment in your favor. Can either one of you name not one, but both pieces of culture that I referenced as I entered the courtroom? Um, I thought thought it was the Bible, maybe. Who's speaking? (laughs) Laura, the Bible, maybe. Laura, and you live in Raleigh, Uh, North Carolina? You. You do not know your Bible. (laughs) <laughs> Christine? I have no culture, no. <laughs> you, li- you live. Can you name one of the pieces of culture that I referenced? Since you live in Philadelphia? <laughs> uh, yeah, um, but I'm not from here, so I think I get a pretty fast. You, you don't want to do a little East Coast swing and take a guess at one of them? Oh, no. Let me, let me, let me, let me, let me give, you're not going to win, but I refuse to, (laughs) I refuse to hear this case unless you can, unless you can name at least one of the pieces of culture that I referenced. You submitted evidence posing with a plaque. Oh my gosh, Holland Oates. I almost said it too. No. Holland Oates. <laughs> that was oh, definitely Holland Oates. I, I'm sorry. There's, I know, there's two there, pictures. There's not a lot of daylight between Holland Oates and Boys to Men. <laughs> I couldn't remember which plaque no, you, I submitted. You, there were two pictures. Judge Hodgman, are those really the lyrics to Motown Philly? Because I remember it differently. <laughs> well, I combined I did a I did a classic I did a classic mashup. Because I am young and hip and relevant, and I mashed up the the one part of the acapella portion of Motown Philly by Boys to Men with the state song of North Carolina, oh, which is called the Old North State. Sorry, because when North Carolina, when William Gaston wrote the state song for North Carolina in eighteen thirty five. He wanted to give it the most confusing name possible. <laughs> Before North Carolina, North Carolina is a southern is a is a southern state. After all, it is the very is among the very northern of the American southern states, and its song, its song is full is full of insecurity, which is 
partly what we're talking about. So, while we live, we will cherish, protect, and defend her, though the scorner may sneer at and writings defame her, which is what you're doing, Christine. You are defaming Raleigh, North Carolina, in favor of your new chosen home city, Philadelphia, or as they used to say on television, Philadelphia. <laughs> Uh, Pencil, which is which is in Pennsylvania, by the way, listeners, the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. <laughs> and you are angry at Laura because she refuses to admit that Philadelphia is a better city than Raleigh, where she lives. Is that correct? Well, I, I guess <laughs> it's more of a. Um... Whatever, uh, whenever I mentioned Philadelphia or something good in Philadelphia or when she visited me in Philadelphia, uh, she constantly compares it to Raleigh. Oh, so Not she is, she is no, the scorner. That's, that's she is wrong. the scorner and the sneerer then. No, 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 no. That's not true. <laughs> yes. And you are, no. and you, and you, Christine, are the insecure one. <laughs> Let me give me a little back. Give me a little back. Give me a little background here. First of all, you are cousins in law. Is that correct, Christine? Yes, she married my cousin Kyle. All right. And and where are you from? You live in Philadelphia now, Christine, but you are from where originally? Uh, I was a Air Force brat, mm-hmm. so um, I lived all over but my can i just say is it (laughs) like no it's just is it that every child every child in a military family is a brat aren't there any good ones (laughs) no we're all terrible people (laughs) christine where you so you moved around as a child yes okay you but you're and, and so where were some of the places that you lived um i have lived in south korea and uh forgot the name of Woodbridge, Virginia. Mm-hmm. And but we spend the most time in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Colorado Springs, Colorado. And your and cousin that's, your so say again, please. Oh, and my parents live in Colorado still, so I visit them a lot. So you're a Coloradan, more or less, would you say? Sure. Uh, so would you say that you are, would you say you're a Coloradan or an Air Forceian, Christine? Uh, I'll say Coloradan. Okay. Uh, and when did you move to Philadelphia? I moved here about five years ago. And for what reason? Cheesesteak internship? I... <laughs> well, I really like cheesesteaks and I love carbs. So I wanted to go to the most carb filled city, but really it was because I thought I wanted to go to grad school and there are a lot of schools here. There are a lot yeah. of schools or I could move to New York or get to New York pretty easily or down to DC if I chose to go there. Uh, but I ended up just decided not to go to grad school. Well, you make, you make a lot of the points for Philadelphia right there. It, it is, it is culturally, uh, uh, gastronomically and a- academically central in many ways to our culture. And, and in particular in terms of its sandwich culture, uh, dangerous. <laughs> yes. Uh, and but you did end up ended up not going to grad school, and instead now you work at Zipperhead on South Street. I don't even think it's on South Street anymore. I don't even know where it is. I don't. You even don't even know what I'm talking it. about. No, no. Because <laughs> you're because you're a noob. You're a Philadelphia noob. 
<laughs> Where do you work kind at of. at at, uh, at uh, Morimoto? What do you do? Uh, I work in medical publishing. MedPub. All right. Yeah. A lot of hospitals. A lot of hospitals. Mm -hmm. And a lot of publishers and a lot of opportunities for people with English degrees. Christine, you've (laughs) you've spoken for a while. Laura. Yeah. You you live in Raleigh, North Carolina, the capital of North Carolina, where indeed there are also a lot of hospitals. Mm Mm-hmm. This is the city. And uh, universities, yeah. And universities. It is is one-third of the research triangle. Mm -hmm. And what are the other two cities? Uh, Durham and Chapel Hill. Right, because you're not a noob. Are you from <laughs> Are you from the North State, the old North State? I was actually born at a hospital in Pittsburgh, but I consider Raleigh my hometown because I consider any place you have to live because your parents chose it for you to be your hometown. When did you so move to kinda, When did you move to Raleigh? Uh, I think I was three or four at, at the age of thirty two. <laughs> my parents <laughs> moved us. <laughs> They, they stuffed me into the bag of their wagon right. here. Um, well, and, Ra- and, Ra- and Raleigh is a is a te- is a city is a city first of all, uh, and it is a even though uh, uh, it, it is it is a city of of many transients, right? Because there are a lot of hospitals and, and colleges there. A lot of people whose parents are not from North Carolina move to the Research Triangle. Artisanal pencil sh- sharpener David Reese is but one of them, and grew up there. And are you shunned? As a as a as a non-native in in the in the in the city of Raleigh, uh, no, because I've gone native because I married a native. You married this this cousin of of uh, Laura's. Not my cousin, no. no. You married this cousin of, <laughs> of Christine. We're not that bad. Yeah. Yes, not your cousin. I understand. You mar- <laughs> but you married into this. You married the this cousin of Christine, who's now making your life miserable by trying to get you to move to Philadelphia. <laughs> she wants me to freeze to death. Well, yeah, no, but how 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 are things in the snow? Right today is a big a big snowstorm across the uh, American southeast. Um, I had the day off from work, so we took our dogs to one of the beautiful parks we have within walking distance, and then we just kind of you know went well, home and watched. Listen, movies. Yeah. listen to the Chamber of Commerce over here. What is your dog's name? Um, I have two. One is named Nitro, and the other is named Mocha. What kind of dogs are they? Uh, Nacho is a Rottweiler and Jack Russell mix, and Mocha is a Chihuahua and American Eskimo mix. To to quote to quote the great American radio comedian John Worcester. What <laughs> a Rottweiler Jack Russell Terrier mix. What that's yep. a mutant dog. She's beautiful. <laughs> How can how could how could that ha- how could that dog have been born? How could well, I hope those the two? Was the girl. I know it just doesn't seem. It seems like a horrible thing to do to one of those dogs. <laughs> to well, make Jack it make Russell a- got loose out east, and apparently it got to a lot of girls, and they ended up with a lot of half Jack Jack Russell mixes in this one city. Right. <laughs> well, since since this is a dispute for reasons that we will get into over whether or not. You, Laura, who lives in Raleigh currently, will move to Philadelphia with or without your husband under the pressure (laughs) of your cousin Christine, or whether, Christine, you will admit that Raleigh is, I believe what you submitted was Laura's claim that Raleigh is as good, if not better, than Philadelphia. And since I have already quoted the great American radio comedian, 
musician and Renaissance person John Worcester, who is, in many ways, a native of both areas. May I please bring in expert witness John Worcester. Will you please approach the bench? Hello, Your Honor. Hello. How are you, John? I'm good. Thank you for approaching the bench. Yeah. Now you're in Chapel Hill, North Carolina right now. Is that not correct? That is correct. That is where you live. Yes. It has been hit by a, a, an epic snowstorm <laughs> yes. for, for <laughs> North Carolingian tastes. That it, what did you get? A, a two inches? I think we got a solid one and a tenth. Oh, my goodness. Yes. <laughs> have you, are you stocked up? Do you have, do you have cans of soup and, and, and bottled water? And, and I know you have your knives and guns. Yes, I have one can of soup <laughs> and one half bottle of water. And your knives and guns? I lost them. Okay. They were they were actually taken from me. Oh, yes. oh, I see. Yeah, has the has the the pillaging begun already? It has. Yes, Hill? yes. People have torches, and it's only like four o'clock. Right. <laughs> how long have you How long have you lived in Chapel Hill? I, I moved. Well, I moved to Winston Salem, North Carolina, in 1986. Mm-hmm. I lived there about five years. Yep. Mo- moved to Chapel Hill in '91, and I pretty much. With the exception of uh, a couple years where I lived in Brooklyn in the right. the late 2000s, um, yes. I, I've lived here since um, 1991. So you are you're a legit research triangulan, yes, at the very least, yes, right. But I was born, you know, I was born outside of Philadelphia, yeah. though. Oh, you were born outside of Philadelphia in what town? Harleysville, PA. Harleysville, PA. Yes. I went to Souderton. Famous High- for? Um, oh, you know what it's famous for? What? Um, actually, he didn't, he didn't live in my town, but he went to my high school. Uh, the great pitcher, Jamie Moyer. Hello? Oh, that's uh, sports? <laughs> that's sports. I, I'm, right, I'm right here with you, Jamie. <laughs> yes. Um, Southpaw, Southpaw Hurler. Ja- yes, Jamie, Jamie Moyer. Jamie Moyer, I think, is the oldest player to to ever play is that possible in the major leagues that's not correct but ah. he was very old by the time that he retired he was among he was among the oldest players and certainly one of the oldest successful players ever okay you know i am i am prejudiced in this case i will not recuse myself because it's only internet law mm-hmm. but i am prejudiced in this case for two reasons one my mother, who is no longer alive, was from Philadelphia, and it is a, a city very close to my heart. My my engorged heart, my scrapple engorged heart, and two, and two, but two also, uh, the uh, Raleigh or the Research Triangle, at least, is home to a a, a National Hockey League team called the what, Laura. Hurricanes. The hurricanes. That's what they were called. That's what they've been called since you stole them from. I'm sorry. From Hartford, Connecticut, when they were the Whalers, the <laughs> only major league that team one. that Connecticut got. The, and as you know, it has the most the most beautiful logo in the history of sports, with the use of the negative space to form the H, and then the W, and then the t- whale tail. It's the most gorgeous thing. Designed by Peter Good, in who still lives and designs logos in Hartford, and you took them. I only them. see it as a logo on people younger than me wearing their T-shirts. <laughs> well, I'm not saying I'm not accusing you of being a Hurricanes fan, are you? 
Uh, yes, I actually am. Then j'accuse! <laughs> right. Judge Hodgman, I really like that on the issue of this one specific sports logo, you go completely 100% Paul Lucas from UniWatch. Like your mouth starts salivating and you just flip out. I really, I really love that logo. And I really love extinct sports teams because it speaks directly to my love of sort of esoteric knowledge. And I love the fact that at Bradley International Airport in Hartford or Windsor Locks, Connecticut, uh, they have tons of Hartford Whalers merchandise. They are still selling T-shirts and merch for a hockey team that is now fictional. I love it. love every bit of it. So, yeah, I'm not a jock either, John Worcester, but I'll, I'll talk sports. It's fun to talk sports. I but was John, a, I didn't oh, bring yes. you here to talk sports. Okay. You are, you are, you are a man. You are a, a, a colossus astride these two very places that these cousins-in-law are, are, are in dispute over with one foot, one great bronze foot uh, in, in the research triangle, one great bronze foot in... Uh, in Veterans Stadium, the former Veterans Stadium, sports, right? Yes. You got me, right? Yep. Yeah. And, the, and the Spectrum, that was a thing, right? Uh, I'll tell you who I saw the Spectrum real quick. I saw Queen in 1980. Yeah. I saw the Kinks in 1981. Yeah. Uh, I saw a flock of seagulls and the Go-Go's in 1982, where I lost, Together? I lost my wallet at the urinal in the bathroom. Yes. Wait a minute, you lost your wallet at the urinal? Some, for some reason, I put my wallet up <laughs> on the urinal, and I left it there. I have no idea why. Because what does a 14-year-old boy have in his wallet? Nothing. Right. So you're like, I can, I can just leave this on this wallet tray while yeah, I pee. Exactly, yes. yes. Oh, it's <laughs> nice that they put a ceramic wallet, <laughs> wallet tray in the bathroom at the, mm-hmm. at the Spectrum. It's just another, another example of fine Philadelphian craftsmanship. Absolutely. There's some stuff inside a 14-year-old's wallet. You got your Boys and Curls Club membership. Yeah. <laughs> you got your library card. You got your A Flock of Seagulls fan club membership card. See, mm-hmm. I, I couldn't afford any of that stuff. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. How did, you get into, how did you get into the Spectrum to I, see the show? I, I snuck in uh, Allie Score's bass drum case. Allie Score is the drummer for Flock of Seagulls, everybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think we're having him on the podcast next week. <laughs> you should. <laughs> we have a seagull-related case. John, real yes, quick. You, you, you uh, proved yourself Philly savvy by name-dropping um, Zipperhead. Yes. Can you tell me what the name of Zipperhead's competitor was? Velcro foot? No. <laughs> what was it? Zipperhead. Skin. Skins. Oh, skins. Yes. With a Z on the end. Absolutely, yes. Zipperhead was, was ladies, w- w- when I was a youth and would go to Philadelphia, the place you would go would be South Street if you were a, a Caucasian person. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Looking for some of the hottest trends and music cassettes. <laughs> yes. And Zipperhead was the place where you would buy your Dr. Martin's boots. Mm-hmm. It was essentially the Alston beat of Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. You and know, that- Miley Cyrus says that's where she got her new look from, South Street on Philly. Why don't you include that in your evidence? 
because then I don't want it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, that might that might speak against her. <laughs> it's all, it's South Street is all is also home to the one of the great bars of the world, Bob and Barbara's, home of the special, and uh, and and uh, Hats in the Belfry, uh, which I believe is still there, which sells regular hats and novelty hats, and and was the workplace of the comedian Paul F. Tompkins, precisely at the time that I was probably going in there to try on hats with my then girlfriend, now wife. Ooh. So, Billy Love. a lot of history. A lot of history. So, obviously, Laura, yeah. obviously, Philadelphia is historically one of the most significant places, not to take anything away from Raleigh, the city of Oaks, home of the Hurricanes, mm-hmm. sort of, I guess. Uh, but... Philadelphia is one of the most historically significant cities in America. It is three times larger than Raleigh. Its contribution to film, music, literature, medicine, and sandwich studies is pretty undisputable. How do you make the case that Raleigh is just as good as Philadelphia, if not better? Well, I think that Christine is slightly exaggerating my if not better comment, because our arguments are usually that Raleigh is basically, you know, um, deliverance style. Everyone's just kind of like, you know, picking our teeth and wandering around, you know. Um, I basically, my whole argument is that I feel like Raleigh is, you know, a good city to live in if you plan on having kids, because then you don't have to worry about, like, if you're living in Philly, it's a great place to live when you're young, but as soon as you have kids, it seems like everyone migrates out to the suburbs and then never goes out unless they want to go to like Zaxby's for the not, rest of their life. Not, not if they have English degrees. <laughs> if they have English degrees, they stay in the, they stay in Center City. That's just true. How old are you? How old are you, Laura? Um, I'm in my late twenties. All right, and Christine, how old are you? I'm 29. Um, so uh, thank you for being specific and not being dodgy like Laura was. <laughs> Just building Laura, my case. Laura, do you have kids? Not yet, um, but I plan on having them in the next few years. In the next couple of years? Okay. Uh, Christine, is it true that you accuse uh, Raleigh of being Hicksville, USA? <laughs> uh, well, I should say that uh, my aunt, who is her husband's mother, uh, is from mm-hmm. Greenville, North mm-hmm. Carolina. Mm-hmm. So... There is a little bit of taunting with um, banjo playing and, uh, you know, hit. <laughs> yes. So basically, Green, yeah. Green so <laughs> when you say banjo playing, do you mean mustache banjo, banjo playing? And when you say mustache banjo playing, are we talking about sincere or ironic mustaches? <laughs> well, a little of everything, <laughs> but mostly do new, 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 new. Green, all right. Before you, before <laughs> what is that supposed to be? Before you get, <laughs> before you, before you, be, before you become too offensive, <laughs> you are, you are, you are referring. Greenville is in the in the mountains of North Carolina, right? No, it's out east. It is. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. close to the beach. It's okay. yeah, it's um out east about two hours. Okay, well then, then how is it? How is it anything to do with deliverance? Right, because everyone associates the whole South with deliverance. Right. <laughs> so do you? So you appreciate you appreciate that that the 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 tar that you are feathering the Tar Heel State with is unfair tar to stretch a metaphor. 
<laughs> Perhaps you should bring your tarring to heel. <laughs> oh, 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 that's hot. That's hot, Bailiff Jesse. Hot stuff. Hot tar. Christine? Yes. Before we go further, can you just apologize to North Carolina? Uh, yeah, I'm don't sorry, a, North Carolina. Don't be a, yeah, say it, say it again. I'm sorry, North Carolina. Thank you. Christine, why do you want Laura to leave a place that she obviously likes and come to Philadelphia? I feel like I benefited from moving around a little bit and exploring new cities. And uh, I feel like, you know, I, I know that both Kyle and Laura have spent a significant time in North Carolina. And though, um, you know, Philadelphia might be not be the city, it might be fun for them to move to another city for a few years and then come back to Raleigh. So you've lived in Raleigh your whole life, except for a brief period in the, uh, in your, in the wilderness in Pittsburgh. Is that not right, Laura? <laughs> um, well, I actually did um, meet my husband in Greenville, but I've also studied abroad and I've traveled a lot and Kyle lived in Yokohama for a little bit. So it's not like we've never left North Carolina. We oh, just, he lived in Yokohama? Yeah. Yeah, he lived in Yokohama. Ding, when he was ding, in, uh, ding, high ding, 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 ding. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know what I'm talking about, right? Yokohama. Ding, 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 ding. That was both. That was both the insulting dueling banjos riff and the insulting Asian riff. Mashup culture, everybody. Gong. So you've traveled. You've traveled. Where else have you lived, Laura? Because Christine is is accusing you of being an insular uh, person who has not experienced the big city like Philadelphia. So tell me where you Um, lived. I lived in London for a little bit. Never heard of it. (laughs) It's just real. London, Ontario? (laughs) I think London, Oregon, maybe. Um, No, but um, I lived in London for a little bit. And then I lived with my dad in Vienna for a little bit. So, you know, it's not like I've never been outside of a city. I know that what I know what buildings are, you know, I know what like bigger areas are like. It's just, you know, I've always really enjoyed Raleigh. I feel like we have a really friendly culture here and that we actually instead of, you know, kind of relying on the actions of people who used to live in the city, that people try to make something for themselves down here, you know. So let's go to this evidence that you submitted. You know, right now, basically, Christine, you are asking me as the judge to declare what? A, that Philadelphia is better, and B, that Laura should move there? Um, I think it would... I think what I would like to be ruled that uh, in the future, I think there, specifically there was one... They've only visited me once uh, since I've been here. Right. And um, I have been to Raleigh several times since I've been here. Wait, wait, wait. No, no, wait. no. You wait. You wait, ma'am. <sighs> okay. This is, this is, I'm, that, though. you are not, I have not spoken to you directly. Okay. I'm sorry. And I, I don't hate Raleigh. I actually enjoy the visits with them. Right. And it's so nice to I, enjoy a slower pace of life, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, I, I am from a, uh, from a, you know, Colorado Springs, which is very different than Philadelphia. And, um, I guess it would just be nice if next time they visit, uh, if, uh, there's a little bit more openness to Philadelphia. 
Yeah. So you uh, sent in a picture of yourself kneeling beside the boys to men plaque uh, that is part of the the fairly long block of fame of well, it's probably more than one block of musical fame. The <laughs> right outside the DoubleTree Suites. Yes. On what street is that on Market? No. No, that's uh, Broad. Broad Street, Avenue right. of the Arts. Broad, right, Avenue of the Arts. Uh, but I know, because I've taken a picture of myself with that same plaque. Did you see the Kevin Eubanks one? I did. I've seen yeah. I've gone up there. No, no. All right, good. <laughs> and you say that Laura refused to pose with that plaque. Is that true, I Laura? not. That is not true this at all. This is a claim that has been made. I was the picture. Yeah, but you would not pose with it? I wasn't asked to. Where are you getting this? Kyle. <laughs> my cousin, this I quote from the submission of evidence. My cousin Kyle was very excited to see this plaque. Laura refused to pose with it. Here I am, Christine, proud of the musicians of Philadelphia. Did you or did you not refuse to pose with the Boys to Men plaque? I, I can't even remember this. I would not have refused to. I love Boys to Men. They were my first dance when I was a kid. Which song? End of the Road? Oh, gosh. Gotta be. Um, Gotta be. I can't remember. Maybe. Mm, now, no, I really now can't I'm remember. Thinking, this was... Now I'm thinking you're a liar. But speaking of liars, can I just say, Christine has said that she's visited us multiple times, and it's only been to sleep at our house and then to head to Greenville. She has never explored Raleigh with us. Mm-hmm. All right. So, Laura, why is Philadelphia terrible? <laughs> It's not that Philadelphia is terrible. I just feel like Philly, you know, every time I talk to people about Philly, it's about, oh, this person did this great thing from a long time ago, and this person did this great thing from a long time ago. Whereas, like, if you wander around Raleigh, things are happening right now. People are trying to make the city great, you know. We've got tons of great festivals that are starting, and, you know, we actually make stuff here. Whereas, from what I recall, the most famous item that, you know, Philly purports to have is not actually made in Philly. Christine, what are you? Oh, the cream what cheese. What could you be? The hoagie, cre- cream cheese. Not actually made there. Cream it's cheese. There. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's fam- actually from Raleigh. <laughs> the most famous item from Philadelphia is not I said cream food cheese. Item. <laughs> not even. Oh, no! <laughs> that's no. A, I that's, just. I feel like. Go on. I mean, I don't think that Philly is worse than Raleigh. I feel like they're, you know, on the same, you know, they're both cities. I just feel like in Philly, once you have kids, you kind of have no option but to move out to the suburbs. Whereas in Raleigh, I have tons of friends with kids who still go out every night to places outside of Macaroni Grill, which, you know, a lot of my friends who have kids up in like Boston and New York, as soon as they have kids, they can't afford to live there anymore. So they just, that's all they do. Well, but see, this is one of the beautiful things about Philadelphia. And I, and I don't, and I don't want to ruin the secret. But it's a very affordable city to live in, even center city. You walk down, you walk down the beautiful, the beautiful streets of center city Philadelphia. All you see are for rent signs, for sale signs. Uh, uh, I, I, I've I've seen some beautiful homes. I've filmed in beautiful homes in Philadelphia that they were selling for five dollars. They were not. Not five dollars. I can't remember the exact <laughs> amount. But like a like a six story townhouse. Gorgeously renovated, brand new, gut renovated for under a million dollars. And that's like the top level, top, 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 top. 
It's a very Wait, so under a million dollars is considered cheap in Philly because that's I, a lot I'm of say, money. I'm, say, I'm saying for a six-story <laughs> townhouse. I'm yeah. saying this was like this was the this was like buying a, if you if you bought a mansion in Raleigh, how much would mm-hmm. it cost? Um, like I'm a, looking at a five-bedroom right now for not, 160. Not no, I'm I'm talking about a historic, lovingly preserved and renovated mansion in the middle of the most nicest part of town. Preferably close to an underground historical museum with a huge bank of telephones that you can use to call historical (laughs) figures and a display of the Continental Congress where various lights point to who's talking and then sound plays uh, whenever one of the various members of the Continental Congress And also relative easy access to a museum of medical oddities with an amazing display of a, a, a of a mega colon and uh, and the the death the death cast of Changanang Bunker the original Siamese twins. That's right, very exciting. Yeah. So I mean, how that's much... not broadly specific. I don't think we have that in Raleigh. Oh, we uh, don't. No. Okay, I was just thinking. John John Yes. Uh, so the Mutter uh, Museum. The Mutter Museum. Yes. And the underground Benjamin Franklin Museum, which is really a trip. I don't know about that. Yeah, it's underneath Benjamin Franklin's house. Ooh. Benjamin Franklin's house is memorialized by, as I recall, a sort of a chalk line on the ground type of sculpture <laughs> installation. And then you go underneath it and there's this crazy museum where there's this huge bank of telephones that you can call use to call world leaders of the past. And then there is this big diorama of the Continental Congress that has an extensive audio show that is enlivened by various flashing lights. See that John Worcester? That's it was un- fun. It was awesome. Right with with double PHs. Yes, I mean, and it was underground for a, a long time because uh, Benjamin Franklin was keeping it a secret for most of his life. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> he built a museum to himself underneath his own house. Because during the early, the, uh, during colonial times, the, uh, a museum to a living person was considered uh, to be an affront yes. uh, and, uh, and an apostasy. And so that's why. Secret museum. Um, I'm making your case for you here, Christine. Jump in. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and I took her there and, you know, I live a few blocks You took blocks her to the from... Mutter Museum? Yeah. No, no, no. Um, the Benjamin Franklin Museum. Mm-hmm. And we had a lot of fun there. And, you know, we have uh, mommy happy hours around the city, which are only from one to three. So if you have kids, <laughs> you can. Yeah, take I your think it's hard to, to make an argument. It's, I think it's hard to make an argument that the people who have kids in Philadelphia are just going to macaroni grill all the time. Yeah. That's, and not, that's not what happens. Answer oh, that we don't argument. even have one. <laughs> um, additionally, Laura no longer has a driver's license, which is. Um, I just want to bring up because Philadelphia is so easy to get around without a car. SEPTA. Um, I've lived here. SEPTA. Yeah. I've lived here for five years without a car and it's, um, you know, it, it's wonderful. And yeah. Tell me about your home in North Carolina. Um, well, we live in a um, historic neighborhood that was one of the areas that freed slaves first moved into in Raleigh and it's a duplex. And we basically have three and you finally stories. and you finally got rid of them. <laughs> <laughs> and now you have uh, a beautiful home, three stories. Yes, yes it's very um, it's yes, it's very nice. I'm just saying, in terms of history, there's a lot of history in the area. Um, 
and it's basically you don't have to pay extra for dogs or cats, which I was looking on the Craigslist for Philadelphia, and you almost always have to pay more for dogs and cats. And Christine didn't mention this, but one of the visits she came down here for was for our wedding, and we were able to have the wedding reception in our backyard for free because we have such a large backyard, which I don't think is very common in Philadelphia to have a yard at all. So I think that that's definitely a point in my favor. You, pets are important to you. You submitted some evidence to the effect that um, some website judged Raleigh as better better for cats and dogs than Philadelphia? Yes. What was the name of the, the website? I forget. I think it was like the Daily Growl or it something. It was Credit Doggy. Credit? I don't want to... <laughs> I don't want to buzz market a, a website, and I and I but I feel pretty safe saying that the name of the website you sent me was creditdonkey.com because anyone with any sense will never click on a on a link that starts creditdonkey.com. That feels as though if the moment I the moment I arrow over that link, I'm going to be so stuffed with malware and pornography advertisements. And 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 spam, but it's a real website. <laughs> to be fair, John, creditdonkey.com is the New York Times of horse-like loan websites. What <laughs> creditdonkey.com is a financial? I feel like I'm being unfairly ganged up on here. <laughs> no, I think it's pretty fair. <laughs> yeah, this one is uh, pretty much a hundred percent fair. Creditdonkey.com. <laughs> I I do not remember that URL. I think Christine is submitting the name of that website because I don't remember citing it. I think that's all Christine there. Dated November 30, 2013 study, Best Cities for Cats, Dogs, and Rabbits. Number, not, number one, Portland, Oregon. Number two, Seattle, Washington. Number three, Washington, D.C. Number four, Louisville, Kentucky. Number five, Minneapolis, Minnesota. Number six, Baltimore, Maryland. Number seven, Denver, Colorado. Number eight with a bullet, Raleigh, North Carolina. Philadelphia is not even in the top 10. It is number 16. So never mind. Cheesesteaks, the Motor Museum, Little Pete's, uh, the, the, uh, the Terminal Market, uh, the birthplace of Noam Chomsky, Bill Cosby, John Polito, Terry Gross, DJ Jazzy Jeff, Questlove, uh, also um, Bob Barker, Prince Charles, John Paul Sartre, and Jesus. It is number 16. <laughs> Forget all of that good stuff. It's number 16 for dogs and cats, and therefore, no good. Is that your argument? Christine is still making it about me trying to make Raleigh superior. I'm just saying that Raleigh is, you know, not a bad city. That's why my, t- my, yes, I not a bad t- city. I got to tell you something, though. All of the arguments you're making, and perhaps it's, I mean, you, you, you're, you're pretty sniffy about Philadelphia. I am I don't not. Think, I don't think anyone like in Philly. Philadelphia would have a backyard. Oh. My that seems pretty expensive to me. That's pretty sniffy. Hey, guys. Okay. Yeah. I have a question for Laura. Yes. Laura, did you ever take Christine to Chargrill? I tried. Like I said, every time she came to visit, she just came here to sleep and refused to go out and look at anything. Mm, okay. And Christine? Yes. Did you take Laura to Wawa? And if so, what Wawa? <laughs> I did not take them to Wawa. Mm. However, I sh- it was a missed opportunity because I lived by the 8th and Walnut. Oh, one. I was going to say that's that's a good one. 
It is. It is. I didn't want to scare them too much because around certain times there are more seedy people hanging out there, but it is by one of my favorite bars, the Locust Bar, which if they came to visit again, I would definitely take them there. Okay. Hey guys, speaking of seedy uh, people, this is, um, these are two strikes against Philly that I, I feel I should bring up. Uh, in the last couple of weeks, there have been two very public uh, incidents of public masturbation in Philadelphia. Which you, <laughs> the first of Dean has been bragging about this. The first, of course, was the Swiss cheese masturbator who used Swiss cheese, of course. And the other one was one that just happened yesterday, apparently, where a, a, a man who was actually from New Jersey drove into Philadelphia and drove into a um, a fried chicken restaurant and then got out of his car and took his clothes off and pleasured himself. So there's something going on in Philly that uh, yeah, there's definitely needs to be discussed. There's a there's a there's a darkness yeah. to Philadelphia. That sounded crypto racist and i did not mean it to sound that way but someone from philadelphia might because there is also a crypto racism to philadelphia and sometimes not so crypto Mm -hmm. sometimes pretty much out in the open Mm -hmm. there is definitely an edge to philadelphia in terms of it is much it is much more of a of a of a of a city than than raleigh is them guys stay on their side and we stay on ours (laughs) <laughs> oh, it's it's Philly Boy Roy, everybody. <laughs> he, he just he just went, he just ran out the door. Go on. Go on. He just needed he's to just make going, his point. He's just going door to door to every podcast in North Carolina is, right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so you know that there there is there is that as well. But Christine, you know, John, you had you had quizzed me about skins yeah. on South Street. Yes. Christine is a relative newcomer to Philadelphia, having lived there for five years. Mm-hmm. She seemed to have passed the good Wawa test. Yeah. Are there any other, are there any other things that uh, you feel that she should know about? Well, of, of course. Um, I mean, that, that, you could, that you could quiz her on? Oh, well. Hmm. Um, let me think here. Well, I mean, I'll start out, obviously, uh, uh, Pat's or Gino's or Jim's. Jim's or actually Tony Luke's, but otherwise Jim's. Yeah, I like Jim's too. That's good. That's pretty good. And you know Tony Luke's too. That's pretty good. <laughs> um, Bob and Barbara's or Dirty Frank's? Ooh. Oh, Bob and Barbara's. Well, that's just because you heard me say that before. Oh no, no, no! Because I used to live. The answer <laughs> is Bob and yeah. Bob and Barbara's when there is no live music, unless it yeah. is that jazz band. Yeah, and they play every Saturday, Friday night. and Saturday. Yeah, right. Jazz band and, good. Any other music bad? <laughs> can't talk about drag night. I haven't been there that night, so I don't. They might have live music there. I bet that's a good time. It but, is cr- the best. But otherwise, Dirty Franks, D- uh, Dead Milkmen, or the Hooters. Good question. Uh, Dead Milkmen. Hmm. Good one. <laughs> you put in. You put in some time. All right. Here's one. Can yeah. can you tell me what from from which film that was set in Philadelphia does this line come from? Perhaps the greatest line ever uttered in a film. Okay. Karate Man Bruise on the inside. Oh, I 
I have not seen. No, I can't. I'm sorry. John, can you? I can't, I I can't even know. Trading places. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, yeah. yeah. All right. Here's the big question. Who can tell me what town I had sex in first, Philadelphia or Raleigh? This is this is for this is going to decide. It's it. the first place I ever. It's, it's my my first ever sexual experience, ever. Is this a trick question? Because no. I'm going to say Chapel Hill. Okay, Raleigh. Uh, of course, I'm going to vote Philly. John, why don't we use that as a teaser for when I come back from the uh, from Chambers? Because I think I've heard everything I need to hear in order to make my decision. I'm going to go into uh, uh, my underground museum to myself and uh, form my decision, and then I'll come back and let you know. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman exits the courtroom. Christine, how are things feeling out in Philadelphia? I feel a little bad. I feel like everyone really beat up on Laura, which, um, you know, I I do want to make a point that, you know, Laura is a great cousin-in-law and we're very close, and I really appreciate her love of her city of Raleigh. But I think I'm going to win. <laughs> Do you think Philadelphia is, uh, you think you get good bang for your buck housing wise in Philadelphia? I really do. And I'm a firm believer in wherever you live. If you have, um, if you, if you're kind of a hustler, you can find a place within your means. Yeah, go go hang out with the Spinto band. Those guys live in Philadelphia. They're nice guys. I love them. Yeah, they're great guys. Okay, uh, let me ask you this, Laura. How are you feeling right now in Raleigh? I'm feeling defeated. I don't think things are looking too good. I feel like if people gave Raleigh a chance, but then on the other hand, I like the fact that we don't have a lot of tourism here. It gives me the city to myself. So, you know, it's okay. Do you think that part of the challenge may have been your uh, defensiveness about the lovely city of Raleigh? Well, it's hard when people are beating up on your hometown, especially when it's coming from somebody, you know, who's not, that's not their hometown they're talking about. You know, I could be talking about London and about how great it is, but I'm not from there. We'll have the judge's decision when we come back in just a minute. Hello, I'm your Judge John Hodgman. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is brought to you every week by you, our members, of course. Thank you so much for your support of this podcast and all of your favorite podcasts at MaximumFun.org, and they are all your favorites. If you want to join the many member supporters of this podcast and this network, boy, oh boy, that would be fantastic. Just go to MaximumFun.org slash join. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Babbel. Okay, it's 2024, 2024. Oh, if hindsight were 2020, I I don't know what I would have done differently. All I know is that I'm taking every day in this year and trying to get better a little bit every day. That's what you do. That's the way progress is made, step by step, day by day, bird by bird. And that's the way it is when you're learning anything, especially a new language with Babbel. And if Babbel can help you start speaking language in just three weeks, Imagine what you could do in the rest of this whole year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars to private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts, real human beings, to help you start speaking a new language in as little as one, two, three weeks. 
Studies from Michigan State University, Yale University, and others continue to prove that Babbel is better. And that's not just the Yale football team putting their thumb on the scale because they love learning Indonesian from Babbel. One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college. Take that, Yale, I guess. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but this is only for our listeners at babbel.com slash Hodgman. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Aura. A-U-R-A. It's a simple but meaningful gift that you can give your mom or your dad or your step-grandparent or your uncle or your friend or anyone that you want to keep connected in your life who might not live near you. It's a digital picture frame from Aura. It's perfect for sharing pics of all the things that those friends can't be there for, from family vacations to grandkids' graduation to whatever. I have one of these, and I got one for my dad, and I got one for my mother-in-law, and it's amazing. We look at the photos all day long, and we're able to easily update their Aura frames so they see all the latest pictures from our lives as well. It comes with unlimited storage, simple controls on the frame, you can upload as many photos as you want, and your mom or your dad or your stepdad or your stepmom or your friend or whatever can pick the perfect one. And it takes only about two minutes to set up. Seriously. See why it was named the number one digital frame by Wirecutter, uh, The Strategist, and Wired Magazine. Right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code Hodgman. That's A-U-R-A frames.com, promo code Hodgman. Terms and conditions apply. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman re-enters the courtroom. You may be seated. Uh, first of all, I would like to enter into the record the geographical location of John Worcester's first sexual experience. <laughs> okay, well, I, I lived near Philadelphia until I was 19 and I, I moved down here 1986 I met a girl at a dead milkman show in Raleigh spring of 1986 and we made love in her dorm um, on the campus of NC State that night just the children, children listening. But nice, nice, nice work. See, <laughs> so that is one vote for Raleigh. Uh, I'm going to quote from some evidence that was sent in. Raleigh is a maker city. We don't rely on the city to entertain us, like living in larger cities. You don't sit around and go, "What's going on tonight?" You say. What should we do tonight? I don't understand what this means, Laura, and probably I should have asked you about it. So I'm going to do so now. Because it, 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 I don't know what you mean by Raleigh being a maker city. Are you suggesting that in a, in a sort of tea party way that Philadelphia is a, <laughs> is, a, is a mooch, is a taker city, is a parasite? I feel like the Acorn headquarters must be located somewhere near Christine's apartment. No, um, <laughs> no, I just I feel like Raleigh, you know, because we, you know, kind of aren't on the map and because we aren't really well known that we kind of have to try harder 
you know, to make the city worthwhile to live in. And, you know, I feel like, you know, a lot of our concert series reflect that. Um, How so? uh, John Worcester, for example, one of the pieces of evidence before I even knew you were going to be on here, one of the pieces of evidence was from Hopscotch 2011, how many families there were there, you know, instead of just, you know, just younger people. And I feel like that's a really great testament to how the city tries to, you know, throw everything together rather than, you know, just kind of relying on your name recognition, you know? Hopscotch, Hopscotch, I presume, is a festival, a music festival in Raleigh? It is, yes. Mm-hmm. Right. And and to clarify, for those who don't know, John Worcester, apart from being a very famous radio comedian, is also the drummer in some amazing rock bands such as Super Chunk and the Mountain Goats and among others. Right? Would, would that be accurate to say, John? Well, I don't want to toot my own horn, but yes. All right. <laughs> uh, well, here, here's the thing. Um, you have a lovely life in Raleigh, Laura. You really, I mean, and 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 I and I feel you're right. Raleigh has taken some hits today that that it doesn't deserve. Certainly, the 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 attacks of uh, 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 the 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 anti-Southern, really anti-Appalachian bigotry that's expressed <laughs> by your cousin Christine is offensive. And 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 North Carolina is a wonderful state, and Raleigh's a a wonderful town and you have a wonderful life in it in a in a in a beautiful home i perused the photos of your home that you sent in it's it's a it's, you're renting it can i say the rent for this uh for this home this two yeah, bedroom home with a garage a backyard because you, you, you put it in 990 dollars for less than a thousand dollars a month you have a, a two bedrooms a garage a backyard you're close to downtown you can walk to get your groceries, which you have to do because you because you've given up driving. You go to cars, go to art museums, take your dogs to very pretty parks, even though your neighbors hate you for it. And uh, and 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 you and you love it, and you should. It's great. Raleigh's a great town. Research Triangle's a lot of fun. A lot of great music comes through there. A lot of art. It, it, but uh, and 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 Christine, you've got a great life. You're living in Philadelphia, right? Yes. This is Philadelphia. If you don't know, this is the big city that every kid from Colorado Springs dreams of going to. <laughs> every, I mean, if you go, you go to a high school in Colorado Springs. What was your high school called, Christine? Um, Air Academy High School. It was on the Air Force Base. Right, and everyone there is going like, "How? I'm when I get out of this place, I'm never looking back. I'm going straight to the city of brotherly love. <laughs> That's where I'm going." Philadelphia is a is a cultural center. It is a it is it is a a, a, a major city uh, in the United States that, like a lot of major cities, has gone through a lot of downturns and upturns. But it is a it is a real it is a big city, and and you are enjoying your time there. Is that not so? Definitely. And you have passed every possible test that I could think of. I'm sure there are many Philadelphians who, who could think of more, but the ones that I could think of and that John Worcester, who is a Philadelphia expert, could think of, you, I, I feel like you passed them with flying colors. In five years, you have, you have really uh, uh, put your roots down and, and you understand at least some of the sandwich decisions that you have to make pretty well. <laughs> and, and I think it speaks to the fact that Philadelphia, right now in particular for young people who are who are out there in the world trying to figure out what their lives are all about is a very attractive place because it is relative to New York or, 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 uh, DC. It is, it is, uh, per, but perhaps not relative to Raleigh. It is, it is affordable for, for a young rootless person who wants to live in a major city. 
Uh, and, uh, and it is also a relatively small city in the sense that you can figure out where you need to go, like pretty quickly. And if there's a certain kind of life that you want to build for yourself. And so, uh, so those are good. Those are good things for you. You guys have great lives. This whole dispute is dumb. <laughs> you, right. And, 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 and the, and the judgments I'm making on both of you is, is, is stop it. Stop, <laughs> you know, go back, go back to the old North state song, though the scorner may sneer at and writings defame her. You're both being scorners and sneerers for no reason. There is no reason for you, Laura, to 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 make the point which you sent in as evidence, but also clearly have been thinking about, to make the point that that uh, that that Raleigh is a maker city, and that <laughs> Philadelphia Philadelphia is uh, n- not not a that's a that's a city of of, of parasites. <laughs> <laughs> and similarly, Christine, there is no there there is no reason. These places are right for where you are in your lives. Laura, you are someone who wants to walk around with your dogs in parks and have a backyard where you can host weddings and you're going to raise a family sometime. And and in many ways, what you're describing in Raleigh is right for you. But it's not right for Christine, who wants to live in squalor in Philadelphia, <laughs> in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a much more dangerous city, which, which has a which has an edge to it. Right. And who and who and who when she comes to Raleigh, all she wants to do is sleep all day because <laughs> you're both you're both in your late 20s. But it is so apparent that, Laura, you're you're at that 29 that tilts far more to 35. Right. You are you are you you are all you are already you, you you're well you've put your twi- you probably buried your 20s when you were 25. Right. Because you're thinking about you're thinking about a family. Uh, you've you've been all over the world. You, you're already you're already you're moving into a into an adulthood that that a smaller city uh, like Raleigh uh, it, it, it can support. You're talking about like I get to go to the to the to the uh, the music festivals uh, and I get to bring my kids and it's great. You know, it's not I'm not just going to be surrounded by young people all the time. <laughs> Ugh, <laughs> You know, you like you would want you want to live you want to live in Park Slope, but forget about that. You know, that's <laughs> where that's where dollars, right. Uh, no, actually, you don't want to live in Park Slope because you are comfortable <laughs> being an adult who gets to do some fun things, and 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 you and you are ready to be an adult. And as soon as you get your driver's license back, then you pass. <laughs> then you are an adult. Whereas Christine obviously is still. You know she's she's twenty nine, but she's tilting towards the nineteen end of twenty nine. Like she doesn't <laughs> she doesn't want to she doesn't want to give it up. She doesn't want to give it up. She wants to continue to live in utter squalor and go to drag night on Thursday nights at Bob and Barbara and drink a lot of booze and 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 hang around medical oddities and eat foods that are terrible for her. That's why Philadelphia is the right place for her. That's why you guys don't like the places, right? And this is the thing: like people like what they like. This is a, a, a central tenant, tenant, tenet, tenet, not tenant. Sorry, everyone. You can make, you make, you can stop writing those emails. This is a central <laughs> tenet of the court of Judge John Hodgman. So, to bring your cousin in law to court in order to order her to acknowledge the <laughs> superiority of Philadelphia 
is on its face absurd. I should have never heard this case, except for the <laughs> fact that it would give me an opportunity to talk to John Worcester. <laughs> we had and to fun, talk didn't about we? Yeah, and to talk about Wawa and lunch meets, yep. you know? Trade, and to, trading and to places. Talk about, and to talk about f- trading places, Karate Man hurt on the inside. Uh, Karate Man bruise throw, on the inside. Whatever, whatever it is. All right. We're, when we when we finish this case, when we finish this case, we're gonna we're gonna retire to to a dark room in our uh, above the Philadelphia Stock Exchange, and one of us is going to give one dollar. One dollar. That's it. One dollar. <laughs> but I did hear the case, so I have to make a ruling, even though this is a dumb thing. And what it comes down to is this: Do I find in favor of Laura because Christine is being a bully? And doesn't want to let her cousin, whom she enjoys, pass gracefully into adulthood and then death. And is trying to hold, hang on to her and drag her up to Philadelphia and, 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 cra- and craves for whatever reason the approval of a lifestyle that Laura clearly does not approve of. Because Christine is an, uh, an Air Force brat and, 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 and Laura is, is filling in as a, as, a, as a maternal figure for her. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and that's all that's all about a bunch of static that Laura doesn't need. Or do I find in favor of Christine because Laura is a real snob about Raleigh? <laughs> and also, Philadelphia's a better city than Raleigh. <laughs> if you're talking about uh, I don't know, I can't uh, I mean, Philadelphia is one of the biggest it's one of the big cities in our well, so is Raleigh too. I don't know. I'm gonna get some people in Raleigh mad, but it's Philadelphia's three times as large. It's Phil- it was the capital of the United States, for heaven's sake. The United States of America. <laughs> oh, it's a conundrum, John Worcester. Do you have a do you have a sense of how I should rule? You know, it, it's tough because I've lived in both. I love them both. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say. Oh, it's hard for me to say. I think I would rather live at this point in my life in yeah. in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. I love it here. For me, there's a little more to do up there. Mm-hmm. And you are a woman in her in her early soon to be in her early thirties, about to have children. Me? No, not yet. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> but someday. I'm I'm 28 and I I haven't started dating yet. So well, no one's going to be forced. <laughs> so no one's going to well, be. If you count that dead milkman concert as a date, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. No, no one is going to be forced to move anywhere. But I will say this: my my initial ruling is stop bothering each other about this. <laughs> my secondary ruling is that if your definition is which is a better major city Philadelphia wins hands down just in terms of its history and importance and its size and its influence, you know, and I would say, even though I like Philadelphia more than I like even New York city, if it were between Philadelphia and New York as to which is a better major city, New York, I mean, better, who knows what that means, but you know what I'm saying, <laughs> right? But in terms of a better place to live, that is meaningless. 
Raleigh is a great city. And it is a city, and it is a capital of a state, the old North State. And, and, and I would say that the one thing that I regret about this entire affair is that Raleigh may come off looking not so great. So, before I bang my gavel in favor of Philadelphia, as it was always to be, (laughs) I am going to give Laura a proud North Carolinian and Raleigh Raleigh an opportunity to to tell the listeners and Christine <laughs> a few more great things about Raleigh without being sniffy about any place else. Are you prepared to do that? I can do that. All right, Laura, go for it. Um, okay. We have <laughs> I sound like the Chamber of Commerce, but we actually know how to do barbecue here. I love it. Yeah. Um, we do the best barbecue I've ever had in my life. Where? And Buzz we're very friendly. Even Buzz better market. than when you lived in Vienna? <laughs> I don't know how it compares to Vienna's barbecue. I didn't have enough there to really compare. But London's barbecue, it's, it's you know, miles away better than London's barbecue. Right. <laughs> but but, I'm but not South Korea, to that's states. now, but bulgogi, that's, you know, that's pretty good too. But no, uh, North, North Carolinian barbecue is great. Is there a place that you like? Uh, Clyde Cooper's to not buzz market, but I had them for our wedding. Christine had it so she can um, attest to how wonderful they are. Was it good, Christine? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, that's right. Yeah. It was. This is, <laughs> this, is the fa- this is the punishment phase where you are punished for winning. That is, that is the, the law of, court ju- of Judge John Hodgman's court. The winner is punished. Always. <laughs> what style of barbecue sauce is that? Would that be a mustard-based sauce? Oh, God, no. It's, it's uh, vinegar, Eastern North Carolina. Vinegary, the best. Mm-hmm. What else? Um, let's see. We have amazing music coming out of here. We stole the Bluegrass Festival from Nashville. Yeah. So we're going to hold on to that for a while. I there think. you go. Um, and Moral Monday came out of Raleigh. Um, we made it all over the news for that. We're an amazing group of people who um, are willing to get together and talk about what's important in the world and... I feel like that's really great about us. You know, we actually, you know, put forth that energy. And I think that's a really positive thing about our city. I, I don't know what this thing is. Can you tell me more? Oh, uh, Moral Monday. Moral our, Monday. Um, government was bought out by um, some lobbyists and they um, have completely changed the government in North Carolina from being progressive to conservative. And we basically go down every Monday protest in front of it's it's look it up. It's really fantastic. Yeah, I'm looking it up right now. Moral Mondays on Wikipedia. Protests in North Carolina in response to several actions by the Republican government of North Carolina. Uh, civil disobedience by entering the state legislature building and being peacefully arrested. And, uh, and what were some, what, what some of the issues here are uh, uh, voting rights, cuts to social programs, tax changes, racial justice acts, abortion rights, public education, etc. Um, and yeah, so that's great. Um, and, uh, and it's a nice place to live, right? Oh, it's beautiful. Um, outside of today, which was bizarrely wintry, we're usually a temperate climate. We've got the mountains to the West. We've got the ocean to the East and it's just, it's a really beautiful city. I feel like, you know, there's no other place that I'd rather live in my life. Yep. Anything else you want to say? 
Um, we gave the country the Abbott brothers. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so, and you guys have fat we'll have fat tires soon. Yes, that's true. Yes. And Is yeah. That's beer. Uh, New Belgium Brewery it was a beer. It was a company that was started in Colorado and uh, is going to be opening a employee-owned facility in uh, North Carolina. So wait a minute, Raleigh. <laughs> Raleigh took the Bluegrass Festival from Nashville. <laughs> took took the Whalers from Hartford, and has now taken beer company from Beersville. <laughs> and you're calling this a maker city? Seems to me it's a taker city. <laughs> Judge Sean Hodgman yeah. <laughs> rules everyone live where they want to live. Raleigh's a beautiful city, but this court finds in favor of major citydom to Philadelphia. This is the sound of a gavel. <laughs> Judge Sean Hodgman rules that is all. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman exits the courtroom. Christine, how are you feeling? I feel really good. <laughs> and uh, I can't wait for uh, the next visit we have with Laura. What, what are you going to do next time, next time you're in Raleigh? I'm definitely going to spend a lot more time uh, with them. Uh, and I'm going to let her be my tour guide. And I'll spend an extended amount of time and see if I like it as much as I like other cities. Yeah, sorry to jump in. Sorry to jump in. I don't, li I don't like the fact that you feel really good. You should not be feeling so good, right? I just, I just, I just made a ruling based on the fact that Philadelphia has a is a larger population and 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 was the capital of the United States. And that's all I'm saying. Okay, you are you are not. That doesn't mean you're you won anything. And in fact, a, a further court order you to visit Raleigh and, as you say, let Laura be your tour guide. And guess what? I ban you from sleeping. <laughs> because fine. you have not you have not lived since you till you see raleigh north carolina at two o'clock in the morning well, i have a 19 year old lifestyle so i think i'll, I'll be fine <laughs> um laura how are you feeling i'm feeling a lot better than i was earlier i thought that i was going to be ordered to move to philly which would have been not very good <laughs> for me but yeah, I'm happy with the ruling. I do like Philly a lot. I think it's a really pretty city. You know, just not someplace I would want to live, you know? Because it doesn't have its uh, the famous cream cheese? <laughs> no, I wouldn't be able to see where the cream cheese is made. That would really break my heart on a daily basis. <laughs> Laura, Christine, thanks so much for joining us on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. Thank you. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing. And wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! 
Most of the plants humans eat are technically grass. Most of the asphalt we drive on is almost a liquid. The formula of WD-40 is San Diego's greatest secret. Zippers were invented by a Swedish immigrant love story. On the podcast Secretly Incredibly Fascinating, we explore this type of amazing stuff. Stuff about ordinary topics like cabbage and batteries and socks. Topics you'd never expect to be the title of the podcast. Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. Find us by searching for the word secretly in your podcast app. And at MaximumFun.org. I kind of feel like moving to Raleigh or possibly Philadelphia. I'm just busy putting some of this Philadelphia-style cream cheese on my barbecue. It's really (laughs) creamy, isn't it? It's really, it really, it's creamy just like Philadelphia. (laughs) I did some great, last time I was in Philadelphia, I did some great consignment shopping. So there's that Ooh. too. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's in that, yeah, of course. There's some great old clothes. Great, great history of music in Philadelphia. Great. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, uh, uh, you know, not that there isn't in Raleigh either, but I mean, the, the thing that makes it so hard is that there are that there are geographical uh, uh, tensions that will be inflamed by this ruling, because Philadelphia and Raleigh are 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 pretty proximous. But um, but but one one is a uh, definitely a city of the north with a few southern mm-hmm. encroachments, and one is definitely a city of the south with some with some northern style progressivism moral Mondays that's been that's been that's been getting in there because it's a it's a it's a it's a location for transients, much like uh, much like uh, Philadelphia. So. Uh, I think they're definitely comparable, but Philadelphia is bigger, and that's why I've ruled in that favor. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. I, I honestly have never spent a ton of time in Raleigh. I I, uh-huh. I, I live in Chapel. I've, I've been there a lot. Been well, to Ch- then I'll just I'll just void this decision right away. No, I, uh, I, the whole I, thing's I, based <laughs> on a lie. Thank you very much. <laughs> Bailiff Jesse, lead him into the liar's tub. I've been there though. <laughs> Okay, go on. I was playing the Fallout Shelter before you even heard of of Raleigh. Jesse, just put him in the tub, please, and fill it up with Philadelphia cream cheese, please. Mr. Worcester, into the the tub. It's the creamiest. What were you going to say about Raleigh, the place that you know nothing about? No, I was going to say I have have, my favorite barbecue story is uh, in Durham, North Carolina. There's this this uh, which is very close to Raleigh. There's a uh, barbecue place called Bullock's. And you go in there, and on the wall is this elaborately framed uh, collection of photos. And as you get close to it, you realize, oh, my God, that's you, too. And mm-hmm. it, and it, this place, Bullock's, uh, catered this big rock festival that they had had in Raleigh uh, back in, the, in, like, 1982 or 3. And U2 was on the bill. And on the – in huge letters on this, this – uh, Picture mounted uh, uh, all these photos. It says, "You two band from Ireland." <laughs> Beautiful. That's awesome. You guys want to clear the docket? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I don't know what that means, but let's do that. Okay, good. Here's, you know what? Sit in your bath, and we'll explain it to you by doing. Okay. It's very creamy in here. <laughs> The creamiest. It's the creamiest. From what I hear.
Nor- norm- normally, as punishment, we would have filled it up to cover your mouth. I didn't lie, though. I, you know, I live in Chapel Hill. So that the cre- so that the cream cheese would choke out your dirty lies. But because you are a friend of the court, we will we will we will only fill it up to your neck. And also, m- may I note that this is the brick cream cheese, not the whipped. So you should be fully immobile at this point. <laughs> I don't like this. Yeah. This, this sucks. Filling filling to the neck and not over the head because you're a friend of the court is known as the amicus cheese. Ah. Oh. Um, here's something from... A band from Ireland. Here's something oh. from uh, Cory Doctorow of Boing Boing. Oh, hi, Cory. Cory is writing us, as so many do, to share a couple of bits of pedantry. The first is a minor issue from the episode Father, no- Father Gnaw's Beast, which was just a couple of weeks ago. You cited cow farts as a source of methane. Actually, it's, I sure did. It's cow burps that account for oh. the majority of methane emanating from cows. Lots of burping goes with the territory when it comes to ruminants, as many of the stomachs where methane is produced are closer to the mouth than the anus. That's a cow has thirty-seven stomachs. It, it, this was this. Corey's was not the only person to have noted this error. And brought it to my attention, but Corey is the only one uh, who is a, a co-founder and collaborator on a major website, and so therefore we'll say sorry, Corey. Yeah, you know what I say: the only way to solve this is if you and I, John, go on a vacation to Davis, California, where my brother-in-law goes to school, and stick our arms through the side of the cow with the hole in its side. I think that sounds fair. Right. Let's just remember to dislodge John Worcester from the cream cheese before we go, or else by the time we come back, he will have... Well, I guess he wouldn't have starved. He would have eaten himself out. <laughs> He's got plenty see, to eat. See, what I don't like is you were wrong, and that's kind of like a lie. So why aren't you in here with me? All right, I'll get into the cream cheese liar's tub, too. Move over. All right. Ugh. See, I told, I told you it sucks. Here's a second point of pedantry from our friend Cory Doctorow. Mm-hmm. From the episode Namer versus Namer, you admonished a man not to copy Kurt Brownoller's comedy game show because it might result in legal jeopardy. That's not true as a matter of law. The functional elements of a game, its rules, actually cannot be copyrighted. There may be a trademark question if the game is copied in a way that leads to confusion about its origin, but this can be easily laid to rest by saying this game was invented by so-and-so and he does not endorse my version of it. There's a tiny risk of patent infringement in the event that the game's functional elements rise to the standard of a patentable invention, which are novel, useful, not obvious to a skilled practitioner of the art, which is very rare, even in these days of absentee regulation from the U.S. Patent Office, where you can literally get a patent on a peanut butter sandwich and a method for pushing your kids on a swing. This is not to say that there's nothing wrong with taking someone else's games. That's a normative question within the realm of improv and performance, an area where Corey has next to no expertise. I, Corey, will happily stipulate that within improv, games are a kind of pseudo-property that can't be copied without violating the norms of the group. Thus, copying a game may be douchey, but being douchey isn't against the law! Exclamation mark. 
It's an important distinction because there are other groups with other mores where this kind of taking is normal, like collectible card games where people build on one another's rule sets, uh, so do role-playing games. And the promulgation of misstatement that this taking is illegal can give rise to real harm by encouraging self-censorship in other creative fields. Far be it from me to, to contradict uh, Cory Doctorow, one of the Internet's great copyright scholars and scolds <laughs> true on both counts and 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 i and i certainly would not want anyone to self-censor themselves for fear of legal action the case in question of course was that a a young person was doing a live performance of a, a game show type comedy show in the style of Bunk, which had been a show hosted by Kurt Brownoller, and using one of the games that had been designed for that TV show Bunk as part of his show. And I agree with Corey that I, I, I certainly appreciate that that's not a, that may not be a matter of copyright. It might be a matter of trademark. If the young person is using the name of the game as it was used in the TV show. And I certainly agree with Corey that there's, you know, if the kid is on stage and said, this is inspired by the show Bunk, but not endorsed by it. No, at the end of the day, no, no real harm is likely to come from, from it. But just because something is not necessarily a breach of law does not mean that a crazy person who had a TV show uh, might not take offense and seek legal action. That TV show may be owned by its creators or it may be owned by its network and they may write you a letter, whether it's legal or not, to cease and desist. And I would just say that there's an easy way to protect yourself from both normative and legal harassment, which is to make up your own stuff. I think Corey would agree with me there. Make up your own stuff. It'll ultimately bring you farther than if you even do an, a legal homage to someone else. Not against homage. I'm not against pastiche. I'm not against any of that stuff. And I agree with Corey that this is probably not an issue of copyright. I don't understand the legality of this. All I know is that there are litigious people on television, and you will do better if you make up your own stuff. That's all I'm saying. Here's now. Stop licking my side of the cream cheese, I John. I can't help it. Like it. Technically, sort of doing your work for you, John. And I just don't want his enzymes over on my side. Oh, come on. All right, go on, Jesse. Here's something from Jerry. My girlfriend makes fun of my pronunciation of the word A-U-N-T. I say it, aunt. She insists it's ant and insinuates that my pronunciation is part of a regional drawl and makes me sound like an uneducated townie. I'm from Halifax, Nova Scotia. Please issue an order on this pronunciation. Aunt or ant? We're new parents with a beautiful three-month-old daughter and need to know how to refer to her relatives. That's really interesting, you know, because this came up. I, I think it was Christine who made reference to her aunt, and I thought about it. You know, I grew up using both because my mom, uh, as I mentioned, was from Philadelphia. She has five younger sisters who were always my aunts in Philadelphia. And John, John Worcester, what would you say, aunt or aunt? I would say aunt. You would say aunt. Yes. But in Massachusetts, where my where my dad is from, Fitchburg, Massachusetts, 
I, 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 ha- I have an aunt, Linda, and, uh, and an, a great aunt, uh, Ines, and great aunt uh, Yolanda, who lived together uh, on, on Frankfurt Road in, in Fitchburg uh, in, a, in a house that was um, full of interesting things, uh, figurines and such. Um, so I, I often go, I feel like a man without a country uh, because I often go back and forth between aunt and aunt. But there is no question that there, it is a regional distinction. But I, I don't think in the United States that there is a, a class distinction. If anything, I would imagine aunt would be considered uh, by the snobs to be the more appropriate pronunciation, where aunt would be considered to be a more rural and country pronunciation. That's just a guess. But I don't know how things go down in Nova Scotia. It's backwardsville up there. It's uh, it's upside downsland up there. I think is one of the provinces of Canada. Upside downsland. I'm- when I was a kid in Philly, if if I heard a, a friend say "aunt," that kid would be dead. <laughs> how many batteries would you throw at him? I would whip at least probably four nine volts, uh, maybe like six D's. Yeah, that yeah. would be a case. That would be a strong case for a public batterying in Put, in the town square of yeah. Philadelphia, right? Put him in a tube sock and and whip it right in his face. Yeah, because yeah. because why? Because he was a because he was a dumb hick. No, or no, be, or because he was a fancy boy. He's a fancy boy, and right. that that doesn't fly in Philly. All right. Now things might be different up in Nova Scotia, but I would say you say what you want friend i'm looking at a heat map of the united states uh, that's ordered by pronunciation of the word aunt or aunt and it looks like the very northeasternmost part of the country uh that is north of essentially north and east of new york city um pronounce it as aunt uh, and generally speaking, the rest of the country pronounces it as ant, although huh. there are a few regions, one in uh, the lower mid-Atlantic, just above Tennessee there, and one in the upper Midwest, just, or, or the, I guess you, to the, what's to the right of uh, Montana? What's that? The Dakotas. In the Dakotas, uh, you're looking at a situation where people say aunt to refer to the concept of aunt, but aunt to refer by name to their relative. So you'd say, oh yeah, I have an aunt, my Aunt Judy. Right. That, that's because the, those, are, those are discrete colonies of um, hardcore followers of Plato. <laughs> so they refer to the platonic ideal of aunt, but the real world example of aunt. You got it. They also keep a lot of pet ants in the Dakota. <laughs> In the, the Dakota. <laughs> also, in North and South Dakotas, they refer to it collectively as the Dakota. They do. I know a lot about various regions, John. You, you do. How can I? I can't help it. It's impressive. If I could get, if I could get my hands out of this cream cheese, I would hold them up in a sort of like, I can't help it sort of way, but I can't. Well, or can't. You can't. See now, I can't. now I gotta. As soon as I get out of here, I gotta whip a bunch of D batteries at you. Our fate, our fates are sealed in cream cheese. They are. Uh, thank you very much, John Worcester, for for joining us. Is there anything coming up that you would like to mention to people who listen to podcasts? Uh, what's going on? Um, new Bob Mold album coming out in June. Wow! Um, and, and you drummed, and you drummed on it, I presume. I'm the drummer in the Bob Mold band. 
All right. And uh, Merge Records, uh, the label that uh, is associated with Super Chunk, turns 25 this summer. We're having a big, uh, big festival down here in Chapel Hill. Where in Philadelphia or in Chapel in Hill, Chapel North in Chapel Hill, North Carolina? Yeah. What? When is that? Uh, I believe it's the last week of July. Ooh, nice. Yes, and I'll uh, come down if I can. Please do. And uh, Tom Sharpling and I are trying to figure out what to do uh, with the best show. We're, we're working on some plans, and hopefully, we'll have news soon. We we, we all look forward to it. Thank you. That news, uh, any news from you, is something that I look forward to. Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you. Unless it comes in the form of a nine volt battery to my eye. What about the cream cheese calf rub I'm about to give you? I knew that this was going to happen. <laughs> I know. It'll be fun. Oh, Come on, it'll be fun. Right. Yeah, you know what? It's it's been a while. Why not? Okay. I deserve it. You do. Jesse Thorne, what do you have going on? Oh gosh. Is there some is there some kind of festival coming up? Some kind of Make it yourself. Yeah, exactly. I've just conference. I've just announced Make Your Thing, which is a, a project that we're trying to put together. A big conference here in Los Angeles for DIY creatives. You know, writers, musicians, bloggers, video and audio producers, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And we have a really amazing lineup of presenters, and we have an, a really amazing place to do it. And we just now need to sell enough tickets. Uh, to make it happen. So you can go to makeyourthing.la to watch a little video about it and uh, buy a ticket if you are so inclined. We have all of 30 days to sell enough tickets for our Kickstarter. So, uh, And I think I just saw on Twitter uh, that a friend of of this show and uh, and the be- and the, the the late lamented best show until it's uh, until whatever happens in the future Chris Gethard will be part of the Make Your Thing festival is that right Amo- or conference Yeah absolutely among many others I mean uh, our friend Merlin Mann will be there uh oh. Kate Beaton the web comics artist John Vanderslice oh, Vagrant Vernon Reed yeah Hark of Vagrant uh Vernon, Vernon Reed. Reed listener to this podcast it- and HP Lovecraft uh uh uh, uh uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Enthusiast? Enthusiast. He's probably best best known as a member of Living Color, but yeah, sure, those things too. Um, was that that was an H.P. Lovecraft tribute band, right? <laughs> yes, it was, essentially. Um, Jane Espenson, our friend Jane Espenson, the creator of the oh. web series, co-creator of the web series Husbands, along with who, her co-creator Brad Bell. Um, who what put words in my mouth to speak on Battlestar Galactica? Oh, oh that's the very one. How about... Uh, yeah. Uh, gosh, how about Colt Cabana? He's an independent professional wrestler. I've never heard of him, but that sounds awesome. Yeah, he's great. Uh, there's a whole there's a whole bunch of really wonderful people coming to this thing. You can find out everything about it at MakeYourThing.LA. And if you want, if you are in another country, and I know that there are some of you out there, and you have been hearing me talk about these Ragnarok survival kits, which contain the only pressing of uh, uh, on DVD of my uh, special, Ragnarok, filmed last year when I thought it was going to be the end of the world, or I should say in 2012, I thought it was going to be the end of the world. Uh, And now, weirdly prescient, as a new Ragnarok has been announced on February 22nd, the official is, is by some reckonings, the official date of uh, the Norse Ragnarok, from which the term is borrowed. And you would also, this thing also includes a a, a survival mayonnaise, a urine flask, a thumb drive containing my consciousness, and a really beautiful smelling um, non-joke unisex cologne by me, all in a 
hard shell survival case. We've been hearing about these things and wondering, I don't want to spend all the money to ship it to my foreign country, whether that be Halifax, Nova Scotia, or the Northwest Territories of uh, Australia. Well, listen to me. Due to agitation by Canadians, especially, uh, we went back and we talked to the shipper and we have negotiated a flat rate shipping price to anywhere else in the world of $42, which is a pretty good deal. Uh, we would have had it lower, but uh, apparently the, the cologne is flammable. And so it, there are certain insurances <laughs> that have to be purchased. But so if you have, if you have held off... Uh, from ordering one of the last few of the 500 Ragnarok survival kits that exist in the world. Because you live in another country, this might be a time that you would want to type into your web browser, bit.ly slash survive Ragnarok. That is survive, then the word Ragnarok, R-A-G-N-A-R-O-K. O-K as in, okay, I'm going to do it. Uh, except in your language in Canada or wherever you are. Uh, other than that, you can go to johnhodgman.com and see all of my forthcoming uh, tour dates and announcements. You can sign up for my newsletter by going to bit.ly slash hodgmail, H-O-D-G-M-A-I-L. Uh, and uh, one announcement is that uh, I will be doing a, 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 a relaunching of my I Stole Your Dad show, which played at the Public Theater at Largo in May, right before Max FunCon. I look forward to seeing you uh, virtually or in real life uh, in the future. Our producer is Julia Smith. The show is edited by Mark McConville. If you have a case for Judge John Hodgman, by all means, send it to us. Just go to MaximumFun.org slash JJ Ho. MaximumFun.org slash JJ Ho, and you will find all the information on how to do so there. This week's case was named for us by Keith Vanderwall. Our thanks to Keith. And if you thanks, Keith. if you want to name a future Judge John Hodgman episode, like us on Facebook. Just search for Judge John Hodgman there or follow us on Twitter. Uh, Hodgman is at Hodgman, H-O-D-G-M-A-N. I'm at Jesse Thorne, J-E-S-S-E-T-H-O-R-N. And special thanks to our expert witness, John Worcester, who may be found online where? Oh, well, I have, I have a Twitter profile at John Worcester. Uh, you can order Sharpling and Worcester products at Stereolafs.com. S-T-E-R-E-O-L-A-F-F-S.com. And at John Worcester is your Twitter handle. That's J-O-N-W-U-R-S-T-E-R, correct? Oh, they already know that. Well, gosh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm kidding. Yes, that's correct. I was just distracted by the calf fondling I'm it's, getting right I'm, now. I'm very good at it, right? Yeah, yeah. I should have. I should never have doubted you. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Goodbye forever to humans. No, see you next time on Judge John Hodgman. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is a production of MaximumFun.org. Our special thanks to all of the folks who donate to support the show and all of our shows at MaximumFun.org slash donate. The show is produced by Julia Smith and me, Jesse Thorne, and edited by Mark McConville. You can check out his podcast, Super Ego, in iTunes or online at GoSuperEgo.com. You can find John Hodgman online at AreasOfMyExpertise.com. If you have a case for Judge John Hodgman, go to MaximumFun.org slash JJHO. 
If you have thoughts about the show, join the conversation on our forum at forum.maximumfun.org and our Facebook group at facebook.com slash Judge John Hodgman. We'll see you online and next time right here on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.